Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Hello. You're now listening to the Labcast, a new podcast connecting you to all things new at NYU. So the Labcast is a podcast that's currently being yes. produced out of the production lab. It's brand spanking new. And you might be wondering, wait, what is the production lab? Yeah. What is the production lab? Well, uh, the production lab is like, we're a really cool place. We're a place where you can come and like work on your creative stuff. And we have like programming and industry events. And we give a little money sometimes to the projects on our slate. We do all things, all the things that you need to like be a person in the world with your creative projects. We can provide that for you. Oh, darn. Do I have to be in Tish? No, girl. You can be at any school, all of you, come. So exciting. So then is this the E-Lab? It's not the E-Lab, but you might be confused because we're actually under the E-Lab. Ah, yes, yes. So come down into the basement of the E-Lab, okay. <laughs> past the kitchen, through the doors. There's like a neon dog. That's us, the NYU Production Lab. Got it, got it. And so that's where we are. Yes. But who we are. Yes. A whole other in and of itself. Well, who, so. who are you? I am Jerusalem, <laughs> uh, just like Tzidi, and I am currently an NYU student. I'm studying media, culture, and communications. Nice. And global public health. Nice. Um, and I got involved in the production lab by seeing that you guys were looking for a co-host for this podcast, and I submitted an application and got it. And I'm really excited for this podcast. Um, podcasting in and of itself is just a really cool medium. Yeah. It's just the radio on your phone. So it's yes. this whole other generation and generations going forward, just really exploring this new frontier yes. of a medium that we've already seen. So it's like gaining a new life, which is really exciting. Um, and then the focus of this podcast with it being on NYU as a student, getting a perspective of seeing what's going on at different schools, since sometimes it's really easy to get locked in and just what you right. and your friends are doing. Right. It's hard to leave your building, I feel like, at NYU. I feel it's a very NYU culture thing to have your one stationary right. building and then you're like adjacent places right. where people can find you. Right. So then who are you? Yes. Miss Voice speaking <laughs> back to me. Yes. Um, I'm glad you finally gave me a chance to uh, share who I am, my identity. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Ro Reddick. I work here at the production lab. Um, I'm also, I went to school at NYU. I'm an alum. Um, and I'm really stoked to be working on this podcast. I love podcasts. Yeah. I'm actually old enough to have remembered the radio. <laughs> um, so it is nice to now have the radio on your phone. With us now establishing who we are and where we are, we can kind of hop into what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, um, which is getting involved on campus. Yeah, it's actually what we've been talking about. Like, yeah, how sure. do you get out of your building? Yeah. How do you leave your building? and find out what other people are doing you in their buildings. <laughs> it's all baby steps. We're going to take you five baby steps out of your building and to actually to Tish. Yeah, that is where we're headed. But before we head to Tish, we're going to talk about what's popping. Hello. As far as what's popping right now in pop culture, people are still reeling from Beachella. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. how she just completely... Wait, can I just say something? You said Beachella and Beachella. not Beachella. Are you firmly in the B not Bay? I'm a B not Bay kind of girl. I'm a Bay not B. See, it's a Beachella. I love it. And Jay-Z says, yeah, B. I know. Talk, yeah. I know. It just makes sense, you know. I know, she... but I love Bay. 
I know. We, you know, we can agree to disagree. Okay. Yes. Um, but Beachella, everyone's still reeling as she came out, and in Beyonce's now recurrent way of just being really black, um, as well as just the artistry, having dance teams, having yes, um, marching bands, marching bands, yeah, having these things that are so particularly significant to um, HBCUs, mm-hmm. which she makes a play on words there, or historically black colleges. HBCUs. <laughs> <laughs> colleges and universities. <laughs> they not be. Yes, continue. They not be. <laughs> That's going to be a theme. Um, but yeah, and so she just makes this really culturally significant performance and then a lot of people not only have already written think pieces about yes, it yes not just about her but about the yes. audience as well because i think people forget that coachella is very um very i don't even want to say very white but it's very wealthy yes. you have to have money to go to coachella if not immediately or you saved up for it right um so people were like why is no one in the audience going up for beyonce and it's like they could just be there because they had a ticket. They could just be there because their friend likes Beyonce, but they don't like Beyonce, you know. Now, um, are you going? I am going. To okay. Coachella. Are you ready? I am not. Um, she has. It's, it's just so confusing because she's Beyonce, so you think she's gonna switch it up, but it's like, is that what she wants me to think? Is she really just gonna reperform <laughs> what she did on like a higher octave of greatness? And so it's a really stressful experience overall. But I know once I get there, I'm gonna greatly just. I feel like your life is going to change. I feel like you're going to come back a different person. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. When Beyonce tells me to get information, I will never not be information following. Of course. Doing so, especially since she instructed me to do so live. Now I have to go live out the order (laughs) of Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter. So what's popping for me is I'm reading this book. I'm reading a YA book. And I There's feel like I have, I know, but I feel like I have to say, like, I read all kinds of books. Everyone's a youth. Read. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> but, like, I feel like, I know, I feel guilty for saying, like, yeah, whatever. I'm reading <laughs> this book. It's a YA, but it happens to be a YA book. It's called Children of Blood and Bone by um, Tomi Adeyemi. Yes. And so she's, this is, like, her first novel, and she, like, had, she sold it. It's going to be a three-part series. She sold it for, like, a gazillion dollars and they're making a movie as she should oh yeah they're gonna make a movie out of it but she's calling it like black panther with magic yeah so that's what's popping for both of us this episode and i guess every episode we'll just share like what is exciting to us what is (laughs) so we had the honor um of going to the tish gala which is something that i had heard about like, but I never experienced before, especially not when I was a student. I know it's a thing because I'm involved in student government in Steinhardt. Okay. Um, and from what I understand, every school that can afford it essentially will put on a gala. Oh. Um, and what that gala looks like is different school to school. Does Steinhardt have a gala? Steinhardt does have a gala May oh. 3rd oh. at the Manhattan Penthouse, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Wait, is it like Battle of the Galas? Do you think the Steinhardt Gala is like the gala? Is there friendly competition? I don't believe there's friendly competition because, the, like I said, the goals are different. Tell me about so, the, Okay, well, we'll stick to the Tisch Gala the Tisch this time, gala but I want to hear now. about the Steinhardt Gala. We can, we can yes. circle back. Okay, oh. yes, they were honoring oh. Chris Columbus and his daughter, Eleanor Columbus. Yes, and they have their own production company, Maiden Voyage. Yes, production. which supports first-time filmmakers, which is yes. really important to us here at the Production Lab. Um, but yeah, they, more importantly, the Tisch, gala, the Tisch Gala raises money for um, students, art students, and their scholarships. That's like the whole point of it, mm-hmm. which is great because... Yeah, the man who brought us Whitney Houston was there, Clive Davis. 
Clive Davis was there. Yes, Clive Davis was there in the a actual... spotlight. Like came down from the ceiling and he like stood up and gave a wave like a little Miss America wave and then sat down. This is why you have to be on time to things. That is why <laughs> you need to be on time. Right. To so things. you were a little I, late. That's okay. No I was worries. a little late because like school and work and things. But well, that's really cool because I had friends who performed. And, oh, now their tweets make sense. I just performed in front of Clive Davis. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Context is crucial. Yes. Context, just like, I just knew that they were like, oh, yeah, just casually performed in front of Clive Davis. And I was like, shut up. You're being funny. Or Randy Jackson. They were like, oh, can't be pitchy. Randy's here. Yeah, so we actually went to the Tish Gala um, and recorded while we were there. We caught some of the cocktail hour. Um, yeah, the after party, you may hear some of the music playing in the background, people walking by. It was very, it was vibrant, to say the least. Yes. <laughs> so enjoy those segments. All right, this is Ro Reddick. We are live at the Tish Gala. Uh, this is my first time being here and I am overwhelmed by the beauty of it all. <laughs> it's The space is like kind of funky. It's like, it looks like a museum, but with like lots of NYU branding and a lot of like Tish graffiti. It's very like, it's very 80s in a very modern way, if that makes sense at all. And there's the lady with the ice cream. <laughs> so we are at the halfway point at the Tisch Gala. We've just had a delicious dinner and seen like some amazing performances, including the Clive Davis house bands, which I loved. I thought they were incredible. Um, but also I think the most impressive thing was Austin Crute was here, who if you are a fan of Atlanta, played Justin Bieber in season one. Um, one cool thing is that as of right now, they have raised already nearly a million dollars to uh, go towards uh, students, art students, um, who are pursuing creative careers. They will have this as scholarship money, I'm assuming, but that's pretty impressive for like one night. We've got mega stars here. We have Clive Davis, the man who brought the world, Whitney Houston, yes. Alec Baldwin is here. We saw the back of his head, I'm pretty sure. Um, Billy Crystal is here, cool. Um, and they give away little glass apples. Yeah, so this is Ro again, and we are at the after party, Club Tish, as it's also known. Um, I feel like, it kind of feels like this place is an old theater that they gutted and turned into like a banging club on the Bowery. That's what it feels like, at least. Um, and joining me now is Jerusalem, our co-host. Yeah, the after party definitely feels like a combination of, you know, the the donors that Tish may have been aiming for, but then also the Tish students who are having a great time and really enjoying each other and having fun. Um, from what I gathered from the night, Tish definitely feels like, a, it's obviously a sect of NYU, but it feels so much more homey than other people may experience in other NYU schools. Like if you go to Tish, you bleed Tish. And I think people associate NYU with this like urban campus that's disconnected. But if you go to K Tish, you certainly feel a connection to this school and you feel that connection to your art for sure. Absolutely, I would argue that I even felt connected. I didn't go to Tish, but I was like, wow, I feel a part of this family. Yeah, as, as someone who's like Tish adjacent, 
you know, everyone I know is in Tish, but I am not in Tish. I certainly felt acclimated to the Tish environment for sure. Yeah, so that was the gala. Um, as you can, as you heard from the tape, we had a lot of fun. Um, it's it's a blast and a half. And like, if you are a student and you're like, I can't go to gallows, I don't have gala money, or I don't go to Tish, you actually can yeah. go to the gala. It was certainly enjoyable, even as someone who isn't in Tish, just to have a night where, first of all, you're getting really nice food. Um, everyone's dressed up nicely. The, the vibe is nice. There's the a lot of excitement. Really, there's a lot of excitement. There's music afterwards as well. And like I said, or like we said, the after party, which was yeah. upstairs. Yeah. Um, and it's, the thing is, if you can't afford a ticket to the gala, as a student, as a recent alum, you can buy the cheaper or more affordable, more accessible ticket to Club yeah. Tish yeah. and just come and have a drink if you're a of age if you're over 21 have a drink <laughs> and just have fun and there's music and just everyone's like excited you got you got to check it out next year so besides just delivering what's popping and what's going on around campus we also just want to give you some insight into the industry and what people are working on and how people are getting involved in the projects that they are and in what ways that's transpiring on NYU's campus and in greater New York and all that fun stuff we're going to talk to Kate Stahl, who works here at the Production Lab, about what's going on with the Production Lab's slate of creative content. I'm Kate Stahl, Program Manager here at the Lab, and this is Kate's State of the Slate. A little bit of background, our slate of films are the films that we've supported, either financially or otherwise. Usually alums right out of school, first-time feature filmmakers. So to start off, we've had a really amazing year here at the lab for our films. We have two films premiering at Tribeca, Sean Snyder's To Dust, which is a really beautiful comedy about grief, and Faraday Okoro's Nigerian Prince. Now, Nigerian Prince last year at Tribeca won the AT&T Untold Stories grant. That's a million dollars from AT&T to underrepresented voices to tell their stories. It's an absolutely amazing opportunity. And for all you filmmakers out there, I highly recommend you look into it. You know, they just announced this year's, but it's coming up again. So that's two at Tribeca. We also have the amazing Yomadine by Abu Bakr Shaki going to Cannes. It's an official selection. It's in competition. It's an incredibly beautiful film about lepers in Egypt. Yes, you heard me right. There are still lepers in the world. And it's this beautiful docudrama working with real people from that community going on a road trip. And then Kathy Yan, the amazing Kathy Yan. Kathy had a film called Dead Pigs at Sundance this year. It won in the world competition. And it was just announced that Kathy is going to be the first Asian woman to direct a major superhero motion picture. Kathy is in talks to direct DC and Warner Brothers' Harley Quinn sequel, Birds of Prey. We're so excited for Kathy. She's an amazing filmmaker, an amazing voice, and a really dear friend of the lab. She was one of our original staff members. We just couldn't be more excited for her career taking off. And that's what we do here. We launch careers for emerging filmmakers. Of our first few films, you know, you might have heard of Chloe Zhao. She made songs songs my brothers taught me here at the lab. Her film The Rider is out in theaters. It's absolutely beautiful. I highly recommend you go see it. 
Um, and you can also check out Michael Larnell of Cronies, which was one of our first films as well. His second film, Roxanne Roxanne, is available for streaming on Netflix and other platforms right now. Go check out these films. Check out our amazing filmmakers. I'll be back with more updates on what our filmmakers are doing, what's going on with these films, who's where, where you can see them. And that's Kate's State of the Slate. So that was our segment from Kate. Um, for every episode, we will be featuring different alumni stories. Um, and that's going to be something that contributes to our segment talking about what's going on at NYU and the greater professional world and industry. And in addition to that, we're going to have a student, a current student, featured every week. And this week, that student is Max. He's got a TV podcast. Um, let's check it out. Hey, everybody, what's going on? My name is Max Benowitz, and I'm very excited to be bringing you the very first edition of the LabCast Television Corner. I am a sophomore in Tisch Dramatic Writing. I have previously worked on a podcast for a couple years called The Sultan of Television. It was on from about 2015 through 2017. We talked about all things TV, movies, sports, music, books, Mostly TV, but we talked about it all. And I'm very excited, now that I have retired for Sultan of Television, to come here and spread the good word of pop culture on the LabCast. So, without further ado, let's talk about the things that have gotten NYU buzzing that are on television right now. And I think there is no other place to start other than our own Donald Glover presenting his show, Atlanta. So... On Atlanta, the last couple of weeks, I think, have been extremely interesting because it's been, in my opinion, a weaker season in the beginning. It's been a little more linear. It's been a little less all over the place. And aside from some very good cameos, I don't think that it's been quite up to the level of season one until three weeks ago when we were given a first episode called Barbershop. This was, in my opinion, one of the funniest episodes that Atlanta has ever done. Maybe the funniest episode ever, where basically we had Al Paperboy getting chased around by an insane Barbie barber named Bibby. That's a tongue twister. Now, this was an extremely funny episode, but I, again, it didn't hit quite the creative heights. So going into the next episode, Teddy Perkins, I was still a little bit like, where are we going with the show? What is the show about? And then, boom, we get the strongest episode of the show period. And I'm sorry I ever doubted our dear Donald Glover, because that episode, commenting on the race divide in music, kind of giving some commentary on Michael Jackson, on Stevie Wonder, on 60s pianists like Lil Richie, people like that, it was an incredible half hour of television, and one that has made the internet go insane, one that has had bloggers pulling out their best episode of the year list early, and one that I think has truly cemented Atlanta this season just as good as season one, if not better. It may have had a slower start, but here we are. We're in the middle of the season. We have Teddy Perkins going on. We have Barbershop going on. We had Drake's party last week, which... Nothing can really follow up Teddy Perkins, but still a solid episode in its own right. And I think Atlanta is right back where it wants to be. Still one of the best shows on television. Moving on to some of the other best shows on television. In my opinion, the most 
underrated show that's currently airing is AMC's The Terror. Now, part of this might be that The Walking Dead, which just wrapped up its eighth season in a quite terrible fashion, if you ask me, that show should probably be canceled pretty soon, was the lead-in for The Terror. And so I think a lot of people who have been out on The Walking Dead for quite some time probably were a little bit uneasy about going into the terror. It's the new AMC show. I don't know if you're big into the Badlands fan. I don't know if you like Low Winter Sun. I don't know if you like Fear the Walking Dead. So I can understand the apprehension to go towards a non-Vince Gilligan creation in AMC. And let me tell you, NYU, watch the terror. Because this show is special. It is thrilling. The acting is phenomenal. And although you basically know that everybody is going to die from the start, it's the why, not the how, that is... Or I'm sorry, it's the how but not the why that is so thrilling about this show. Moving on, we have Trust, which is on FX. This show is completely directed by Danny Boyle. It takes the same story as All the Money in the World, talking about the Getty kidnapping saga. And although the episodes are very long, they should probably cut them down by about 15 minutes, this is really interesting event television. Every single episode is kind of a self-contained story, focusing on a new character. It's directed way over the top, uh, almost if any of you watched The Young Pope, where Paolo Sorrentino was doing every episode, or Twin Peaks with David Lynch. You know, this is truly a director spotlight, this show. And I think it is reviving the career of Brendan Fraser, it's cementing the career of Donald Sutherland, of Hilary Swank, and it's a really interesting story, way more interesting than the movie gave it credit for, which had a horrible Mark Wahlberg performance and was kind of cursed by the whole Kevin Spacey scandal when he got kicked off the movie and replaced by Christopher Plummer. And finally, I want to just talk a little bit about FX's Legion, the final show we're going to be hitting this week. Legion, which has just come back for its second season, it's created by Noah Hawley, who we all know from making the amazing miniseries Fargo, has come back to adapt a very niche Marvel superhero into one of the most mind-bending TV shows ever. I think right now it's a little bit style over substance, but he has heard those complaints of season one, and he's come back with a vengeance in season two, trying to make his mark as one of the best young TV creators out there right now. Season two has our main character battling with a demon inside his own mind, trying to understand whether or not he is a real person or whether he is schizophrenic, and trying to understand what extent his powers truly have. For fans of science fiction, fantasy, you're going to love this show. And I believe that that is all the time we have this week, because I am a, a limited segment here on the Labcast. So, I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you for listening. I'm Max Benowitz. Goodbye. Um, and now that's it, you guys. That's the end of our first episode. How do you feel? Yay. Wow. Um, I just feel rejuvenated. <laughs> I feel really excited. We aim to rejuvenate. We aim to rejuvenate. I hope that's how you all feel listening to our podcast and further episodes as well. Um, Check us out. Check us out and continue listening. Subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe to iTunes. um, And we'll be back. We'll be back soon with another great episode. But before we close out, also want to shout out to our producer. Katie. Katie Shepard in the house. We have the same last name. You spell it differently, but yes, you do. Thanks for listening to LabCast. Special thanks to co-host Jerusalem Adam Shepard, executive producer Katie Shepard. If you liked our music, check out more by Abby T. Special thanks to Tish Gala for letting us hang, Kate Stahl, Max Benowitz, and as always, a shout-out to John Tintori. 